Show number 12 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Welcome to show 12. It really is show 12. Of Look at His Butt, a show filled with elegance and nuance. (laughs) We like to think so. Anyway, whether it does or not is a totally unrelated question. Um, So now that we're we're trying to be really efficient, this is our new kick, is trying to be efficient. So uh, first thing is let's do the administrative stuff so everybody knows. Okay, the show is is called Look at His Butt. (laughs) That was good. That was number one. Um, It is at... Lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. That was number two. You can send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com. That was you can great. subscribe through iTunes, all kinds of other good stuff. But we're here. You're here. Let's rock and roll. Okay. So um, we have a couple of news things that we want to get out of the way, first of all. And um, let's see. Do you want to do the, should we do the Nitro report first? Sure. Should that be first? Okay. So um, long-time listeners of the show... <laughs> we've been on the air for since like june since june and all summer in podcast years that's like decades yeah that's forever because yeah. podcasting has only been around since last year yeah <laughs> we decided to do an experiment and we um went out and bought a venus vibrance razor and sent it out to um one lucky listener now i'll say um, it was actually the man version of it, which is called the Nitro. Because <laughs> it has to sound like it's this all-powerful thing. And we sent it to a man. Yes. Which was good. Who is a friend of the show. A friend of the show. And so we have um, two reports. Now, if you remember when we sent it out, the, the reports were supposed to be, how does it work as a razor and how does it work as a sex toy? So not to spoil anything for you, but this is the how does it work as a razor report. But I, I want to give our friend... Um, a, a pat on the back because he has done half his homework. Yeah. Which is more than any of the rest of you have turned in. Yeah, because ain't nobody out there sending us free vibrators <laughs> for one thing, and <laughs> nobody has gotten Shatner to say, look at my butt for us. I know. And we know all of Shatner's friends and family Come are on, listening to let's us. Go, people. Snap if it not, up. Shatner it up. himself. That's true. <clears throat> so um, let's, let's read some of these consumer reports. Um, this was given to us in email and it's very funny so I'm, I'm going to read it um, so <laughs> this was uh, written upon actually receiving this in the mail so uh, he says first off I really actually do need a new razor at the moment I was down to my last blade on my other Mach 3 which is a similar type of razor so it was like a gift from the great commerce god in the sky so that's us. For that. so that's us secondly god forbid I need to shave in order to save my life because I couldn't open the fucking thing <laughs> It's idiot-proof, that's for sure. Uh, I'm not in need of a shave at the moment. I like to let my facial hair grow in before I shave because I hate shaving. Scrapes the face, hurts, I hate it. Um, And those guys who can shave with an electric razor should hold the country's secrets because they obviously have a high threshold for pain. (laughs) Although, who knows? With the M3 Power Nitro, maybe I'll like shaving. Isn't that great the way he worked the whole name into that? Mm -hmm. He should be a spokesperson. Yes. That's good product placement. Yes. Um, Okay. Okay, it's open now. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> like a 20-minute gap, right? <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> brought in the heavy equipment. Right, right. I have to say I'm disappointed because it doesn't come with extra razors. What's up with that? At least one or two. Gillette can't be hurting for money. Okay, the battery's in. I'm going to fire this baby up. That is really annoying that it doesn't come with any extra razors. I mean, most... Most of them come with a few, Yeah, especially when you're paying... Well, this was like 15 bucks. Yeah. They should absolutely be giving you extra razors. Uh, okay, so now it's turned on. He says... Great Caesar's ghost, that thing shakes. <laughs> the side of my hand actually tingles. Is this like Perry White is our, our <laughs> tester on this? What do you think, Lois? <laughs> Boy, it really shakes there, Perry. Jimmy, get over here. <laughs> no, I'm afraid of it, Mr. White. <laughs> okay, back to this. <clears throat> if I can read. I took the razor part off, and you can tell that it's more powerful up by the razor attachment than it is down along the smooth curved end, which we knew, right? Right. The guy yeah, one, right. the power yeah. is at the, the hurdy part. It says, so the initial thought, the wrong end is the more powerful end. Thankfully, I only have to shave my face, because there ain't no way you can get me to put this jackhammer near any other part of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So uh, so that was the first one. Oh, and our correspondent, by the way, for, for now and future reference, we're going to call him 
deep shave. That's right. So, just so you know. Yeah, and we had to meet him in an underground parking garage <laughs> to get this email. In Washington. Yeah. It was pretty frightening. <laughs> Especially when Hal Holbrook stepped out. I was like, oh, man. Woodward and Bernstein, the whole thing. Yep. Okay. So, here. Now we have the second report on what it was like to actually shave. So, um, with our technologies firmly in hand, which means I'm passing the laptop over to you <laughs> so you can read the email. Okay. So, today was shaving day. <laughs> like laundry day. And he goes into quite a thing telling us about how he lathers and everything. I think we can kind of just skip this. But he said, making sure I had enough cushion on my skin just in case the nitro was ready to peel me like an apple. <laughs> And then I picked up the blade. I actually looked at it for a second as if to say, if this hurts, I am so going to kick those girls' butts. Oh, can I just interrupt and say, when I sent this, I wrote a note along with it that said, we assume absolutely no <laughs> responsibility if you cut yourself with this. That's right, deep shave. You're on your own. Yeah, you're totally on your own, man. And then I started. <laughs> <laughs> the blood, the blood. Oh, God, the humanity. Take me away from all this death. Just kidding. <laughs> it worked. The little vibrating sex toy actually worked. See, one of the reasons why I wait for a while before I shave is because when the hair is longer on your face, it gives you a smoother shave. If I shave day to day or every other day, the hair isn't long enough and it causes burns and scrapes. At least on my cute mug. So yes, the blade worked while it vibrated. I can't say it caused my face to tingle or to feel more <laughs> stimulated, but the shave was clean and smooth, and I'm writing this 12 hours later, and I'm still pretty smooth. As I was shaving, I did a little experiment, and I really like this, that this he is, is a thorough tester. Absolutely. I turned off the vibrations and shaved, and there's the difference. The blade that came with the package feels like one of those cheap plasticky blades that comes four in a bag. That are up at the right the counter. Ones. Yes, <laughs> the ones that I always see girls use to shave their legs. <laughs> My other Mach Three has blades that feel thicker, more solid. This felt cheap without the vibration on, and cheap means it feels more like I'm scraping my face than shaving it. So I kept the vibration on. Oh, about keeping it on. Either I broke it already, <laughs> or if you press down hard enough, it stays in a locked setting until you press it again to turn it off. I didn't really read the directions. <laughs> And I'm so glad he's the one who says this. Just like a man, no? So there you have it. Smooth shave, clean face, no gashes, cuts, or sliced skin. Well, that's great. So for the first part of your little experiment, I'd have to say that the blade works. I wouldn't say it's different than any other blade, except when it's turned off. But at least I'm still alive to talk about it. I know. that That's great. So that was excellent. That was really good. And... Um, I'm amazed that the thing worked really well. I mean, as a concept, I still don't get it that the blade vibrates and that somehow gives you a better shave. Like, well, maybe it's like hacking at it. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just very weird to me. Um, it's very interesting that they use a, a cheapo blade in it. Now, I wonder if they used a more expensive type of blade, would it be as effective? Or is there something about the combination of the vibration and the cheap blade that somehow makes it work? Or are they just being cheap bastards? I mean... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But there there we have it, the first part of our consumer report. Yeah, brought to you here on Look at His Butt. You will never hear this anywhere else. No, and thank you, Deep Shave. Thank you. Only on this podcast. So there will be a part three, which will be the report of the sex toy thing, and we'll be bringing you that just as soon as we get it through email. That's right. Well, next time we go to the parking garage. That's right. All right. So um, that done, let's go on to the other news items that we have which are actual news items from actual newspapers. Well, is the New York Daily News an actual newspaper? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to be when I lived over there. Okay, uh, and this is all Shatner-related, of course. So they have a feature in the Daily News in the entertainment section, which is called Five Minutes with Somebody, and they just ask them a few questions, and they respond pretty quickly, and um, they talk to Shatner because he's promoting uh, the new season of uh, Boston Legal. So he's, he's making the rounds right now and doing yes. lots of interviews and stuff like that. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll put the link in so you can all read it. But the best part of this, this is so Bill. The question is, since your has-been CD is still selling, do you think you should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Okay, I vote yes. <laughs> Bill says, I've got rock and roll in my blood. <laughs> Yay! I now understand it more insightfully than I ever have before. I see that it's all sexual. How's that for a soundbite? Okay, first Bill, of all. Bill, Bill. Bill, Bill, we love you. Everything you do is sexual. 
and everything. I, I want to point the people who who enjoy that comment, like you and me, and everybody else, to um, the book that Bill is rumored to hate, and it's called Where No Man, and uh, it is a biography. Ah, uh, uh, that book. That book, and the the reason he hates it is he helped the authors. But he says he told them a lot of stuff they were to use his background, and they then printed it in the book. But it, it's full of fabulous pictures. But all the way through it, he's he's talking about sex and how every time you're on the audience, you're on the audience. Every time you're <laughs> yes, on, on stage, audience. it's it's a it's a sex act, and anything you do well isn't is a is a sexual act, and that it's a sexual communication, and it's like everything, yeah, everything, everything he does. And this is supported by pictures of him. You know, should I post that picture? The for one this from episode, the con. The one from the con. Would you be? Okay? Yeah. Yes and, I would, yes, and I would like to tell the story of when I got that picture. Okay, so there's a picture of Shatner on stage at a con, a 1974, 75. Wearing a really weird-looking leisure suit. No, it's a, it's a shirt and a pair of pants. Oh, it's it looks like it's a suit thing, though, no? Maybe it's part of it, but he didn't have okay. the jacket. Okay, And, oh, my God. It's so <laughs> showing. And I have a friend who says he gets a hard-on every time he walks on stage, and she's been to a lot of cons, I was not there to take this picture back in 1974, but one of my very first cons I was ever at, I was at a dealer table, and I saw this picture, and I was I was just stunned. And I picked it up, and I was staring at it, and a woman came up and stood next to me and said, Nice picture, huh? <laughs> and I went, Yeah. And she said um, that she had she had been going to cons for a long time, and she doesn't know if she was actually at that one, but that, mm-hmm. that that response to Bill coming on stage is pretty typical. And she also said she was sitting at one of them with a friend, and he comes out in these tight, 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 tight pants. And her friend said, why does Marcy let him leave the house like that? <laughs> and for some reason that cracked me up because... Every time I see Bill talking about his family, his daughters, his wife, whatever, I really he loves them. He absolutely adores them. He adores women, no matter what his relationship is to them. But I think at home he is totally pussy-whipped. So, yeah, why did Marcy let him leave the house like that? He snuck out. I mean, they're wrinkled. He pulled them out of the hamper because she had thrown them there, saying, you are never wearing these in public again. But we will post the photo. Oh, it's a great photo. It is. It's such a good photo. It's amazing. And the angle is just perfect to, to show it off. Oh, oh, oh! It's amazing. Was he wearing underwear? Do you think? I don't think he was. It doesn't look like he's it. barely wearing the pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Bill, it is sexy. It is. You're so sexy. It's true. Okay, um, and one more Shatner item. This is like Shatner from the Bizarro universe because <laughs> right, this sure makes is. no sense whatsoever, and it's very short, so I'll read it. Um, this was a, a news item in. Um, I don't know, I guess it appeared in other places. I'm looking for an attribution, and there isn't one. But that's okay. Um, Kenneth Branagh, Tony, Anthony LaPaglia, I almost called him Tony, and William Shatner are showing off their artistic skills by decorating teapots for charity. So is this a charity for old ladies? <laughs> <laughs> the trio of actors are among the stars who have revamped crockery. Who wrote this? For an upcoming auction at the third annual Emmy Awards nominees... Tea Party on September 17th. This has been from an English paper because they say 17 September. Bidding on the pots will take place throughout the posh luncheon at the Park Hyatt Hotel in Los Angeles on 17 September. And proceeds from the auction will benefit the educational outreach and scholarship of the British Academy of Film and the Television Arts Los Angeles, co-organizers of the Tea Party. Oh, it's a tea party. Hell. Uh, other stars taking part in the teapot designing include actor Ian McShane, funny man Sacha Baron Cohen, and writer Helen Fielding. So it's all Brits apart from Shatner. Well, except for Anthony LaPaglia. Yeah. He's not British. So, like, what's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. Because why is he decorating a teapot? What's up I don't, with that? I don't, see the, I don't see Bill as the teapot type. But, you know, he has done some other unusual things for charity. And one of the people on uh, the bulletin board at his website actually won the auction to get a bra that he had autographed. And, you know, I posted pictures of that. Uh But, okay, would you not love to see Shatner and Branagh together? That would be cool. That would be really cool. The screen would explode. It would. With ham. Hams would come flying, canned (laughs) hams, flying out over the audience. 
and you know, it could, people would die. People would be killed. It would be bloody and ugly. It could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Canned hams coming out of a movie screen. You know, Bill Shatner and Henry Rollins and Adrian Ballou in the same studio. Anything can happen. It's it's true. And Anything. You know, the thing is, um, in the movie of Much Ado About Nothing, Branagh does a Shatner. <laughs> and I, from the uh, the reaction in the audience when I saw it, I think I'm not the only person who caught who caught it. Mm-hmm. It's during one of uh, Benedict's soliloquies about does she love me? Does she? Uh-huh. I think it's the one right where he he they played the trick on him, so he overhears them mm-hmm. and and he thinks she has fallen for him. And in the middle of it, he does this this Shatner take pause. And and then you know blurts on with the rest of the oh, speech. God, I'm gonna have to see it. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I saw it in the theater when it came out. And yeah, that was the last uh, it, it jumped out at me that it was so Shatner <gasps> so of him. Funny. That would be great. Yeah, Shatner and Brown on together. Yeah, that would be excellent. <laughs> Anybody out there listening wants to write a movie for those two guys? Do it. It's homework. <laughs> we'll send you a razor. Yeah, really. And it really, really works. It we really have a consumer works. report. We tested it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that was 15 minutes. We did. Okay, it. we're going to cut off. We're going to watch an episode, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and then we're going to come we're back and talk. Come back. Okay, time for uh, some music. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. A commercial? No way, dude. This is just to remind you. Email lookathisbutt at gmail.com. Website lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. We want to hear from you. Send us anything. Email, audio comments, pictures. You send it to us and we'll talk about it. This whole podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with Garage. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. TSFPN.com What? Be quiet. Why? Because we don't want the Romulans to hear us. But we're in outer space. So there's no sound. Oh, there's no sound in space. I forgot. As you may have guessed, <laughs> the episode we just watched starred the Enterprise as a submarine. <laughs> and it was Balance of Terror. And in the middle of it, they all start whispering. The Romulans, too, start yeah, whispering they, to each other. So none of them passed <laughs> sixth grade science. Yeah, very dramatic and all that. But the more it happens, the more ridiculous it gets. And you're going... Why are they whispering? I mean, why are they whispering? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Work quietly. <laughs> oh, boy. That was pretty funny. Um, so neither of us had seen that episode for a long, 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 long time. And, uh, well, tell me what you were saying at the beginning. About I don't remember. <laughs> what was I saying? About why this is a favorite episode oh, oh, of yeah. people who don't watch Star Trek with <laughs> sex. Well, this is it when, you know, when you go around to the various Star Trek boards and groups and everything and people are always saying, what's your favorite episode? If the person says Balance of Terror, I instantly know they will hate my fan fiction. <laughs> and a lot of people do say Balance of Terror. And it's 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 a very military episode. It's very well written. It's a very thoughtful episode. But fan fiction in general falls into three categories, which is Slash, mm-hmm. Het, mm-hmm. And Jen, mm-hmm. which is generic, meaning nobody has sex. It doesn't mean it's a bad story or a boring story. It's just nobody has sex. This is definitely a Jen mm-hmm. episode. And so the people who I think like Star Trek for reasons other than the reasons I like it <laughs> love this episode. So I wanted to, to watch it to see if I could find some sex in it, some charm and hotness. <laughs> There's no charm and hotness. Well, except that Kirk looks great. <laughs> he looks incredible. His hair is fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. No, you said that like five times when we were. He looked wonderful, but there's no basket, there's no EVEs, and there is not even a good butt shot. There isn't. What there is is a lot of Kirk light. Yes, Kirk light. (laughs) Let's tell people what Kirk light is. You have to really see it. We will post pictures, but Kirk light is um, the special lighting they use on Kirk and occasionally on other people. Mm. And when they do, we always yell at it, Mm. "Get out of the Kirk light!" Yeah. But it's it's um, a lighting where 
there's shadow all around his face except, except for, for light usually across his eyes yeah. and it's it's just a great light and he's in kirk light throughout i don't know 80 90 percent of much. this episode he looks awesome he, he really does he looks wonderful and he gives a wonderful um his performance is it's it's just it's wonderful. It's so it's so even handed he, in in all this tension and there's tension all throughout this episode. So much of it is shot in close up mm-hmm. of everybody, you know, individual people, and that adds to the tension. But he is just very calm and control. And you know, like when Styles has his his <laughs> hissy fit in the uh, in the uh, briefing room, and and Kirk is just sitting back through the whole thing, and then he just says, "Sit down, Mister." Mm-hmm. And it's like he watches all this. He takes the value out of it, what the what each side is saying, and then he makes his decision. And Shatner never overplays that. He never, you know, canned hams. Never once come out of the screen. It's really a wonderful it's performance. True. You know, I was just thinking for people who think that William Shatner can't control himself as an actor, this would be the episode to show them. Yes, because and he makes such good decisions mm-hmm. throughout and I'm not talking about Kirk's decisions I'm talking about <laughs> Shatner as an actor makes really good choices in in the way he handles everything mm-hmm. he he's he's very good I was also thinking about um the the scene you were just talking about in the briefing room and then um immediately after that when the uh, outposts are, oh, sorry, right before that, when the outposts are being destroyed and, and there's actually a lot going on outside the ship but not inside and they're just forced to be in this passive position where they don't they can't do anything because they're too far away so they're just getting all these reports and everybody else on the bridge is freaking out just a little bit because they don't know what's going on and it's very scary mm-hmm. and he is so um, not unemotional but he is doing the best thing which is just to get people to give him information he's just yes. getting all the information that he could possibly get from Anybody in the crew, when they make contact with the people on Outpost 4 or 5 or whichever mm-hmm. one is the last one to get blown up. And, you know, there's this guy in the wreckage of his little outpost there. And all Kirk is doing is going, did you see them? What kind of information do you have? What mm-hmm. do you have for me? Tell me everything you know. We just need to know what you know. And that is exactly the way a captain would be in yes, that situation. Yes, you, you can see he's a, a very well-trained commander and he knows, he knows how to be in command in mm-hmm. a situation like that. Yep. So it, it was it was great for that. Um, there were also some other great things. So there were very few bad things about this episode. Mm-hmm. The other bad thing that we kept noticing all along was the uniforms. Yes. <laughs> so um, the story supposedly is that for about the first half of the first season on Star Trek, they were having a hell of a time with the uniforms because they had chosen velour, which looked great on camera, but unfortunately it shrank every time they cleaned it. So they kept having to alter the uniforms and alter the uniforms until somewhere down the line they finally figured out how not to make it shrink or they switched to a slightly different fabric. But um, you can see it, especially in this episode, that the uniforms are just a little bit too small on everybody. Mm-hmm. And on Kirk's it looks faintly ridiculous because the the body is too short and it kind of flares out. Yeah, it's sort of a weird little... It's almost a baby doll cut. It is. It's <laughs> really not too flattering on him. So that was unfortunate. And um, Uhura's uniform is also a little bit too short. Just a little. <laughs> just a little. Because her butt's all over the place. But this is a great episode for Uhura. Two yeah. wonderful things happen. At one point, when Kirk says, gentlemen, to the briefing room, and everybody gets up and leaves. They're going, well, who's in charge? Well, later from the briefing room, he calls the bridge, and it's Uhura. Yeah. She has the con at that point. And then also, when he sends Styles down to weapons... He puts Uhura on navigation. And she just like walks right over there, sits right down. And it's so cool. She's just yep. doing it. She looks great sitting there. Her and Sulu together look mm-hmm. very nice at the front of the bridge. Yes. It's too, I think they did it in three or four episodes total where she mm-hmm. just walked down there and took yep. over navigation. Yep. So cool. So very cool. We were cheering. And one of the other things we really uh, liked, and we were commenting on it during the episode, it is a very well-written episode, except for the whispering, which is pretty silly. <laughs> but... um. They did such a good job with the portrayal of the Romulan commander and what was going on on their ship. And I like that the Romulan commander was not, you know, this this animal, this ferocious, kill him, horrible alien. That he was a thoughtful man who was doing his duty. And so you could see him and Kirk as peers, as mm-hmm. on a parity with each other, both caught in this situation, both trying to avoid a war, trying mm-hmm. to avoid having it come to anything more than it had to. 
and th that was that was really good because it didn't come down to good guys and bad guys, not on a personal level. Mm -hmm. And it was a good casting for Mark Leonard to, mm -hmm. to be playing the Romulan commander. Um, he he was. You can see where he drew some of the character of Sarek from later on. Yes. But he's very good at that, um, you know, controlled anger sort of thing. And he, he gave a really good performance. I think um, they did an excellent job of presenting important aliens like the Romulans here for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it made a huge impact, and you can see why they brought them back again and again yes. as enemies later on in all the series, in fact, right up through the movies, I guess. Although, i got to say, you know, when I see the, the ship with the bird painted on it, like I said, I expected <laughs> it to be full of, you know, greasers, you know, these hot rod sort of guys. <laughs> with the flames on the side. With the flames on their car. But i got to say, you know, when they show the, the Romulan ship being destroyed from the inside, there's an awful lot of plaster falling out of the ceiling. <laughs> I, I think they need better contractors for those ships. And for me, the one, um, there is a, a scene that I, I just don't think works, and that mm -hmm. was the scene of Kirk in his quarters. First of all, well, it took well, away. It is really good to see Kirk in his quarters laying on his bed. I just yes, want to say that's that. that's always good. But then Rand comes in, and Rand, she just looks like her, her face is made out of dough, and she's so <laughs> pouty, and uh, I don't like her. But, um... It took away from the tension of the episode to have him off the bridge. Yeah, definitely. But also that that scene with McCoy, it is it is well played, and in in if they put it in another episode, it would probably be one of my favorite scenes. But it doesn't fit here, no. and him having those doubts at that point in the crisis struck me as more of a Chris Pike yes, sort of I thing, agree. and not a, a Kirk thing. No, because at that point, th he, there's no going back. He will probably have only one course to follow going forward. There's no room for doubt. Right. At all. I mean, if you start doubting yourself then, you're not going to be able to finish what you started, and that's what he's got to do. Yes. Because he's committed to it. Um, the other nice thing in the episode that I noticed was, if you watch the early episodes, you can really see the writers, the producers, and Nimoy struggling to find the mm -hmm. Spock character. And this is one where he really starts to come into his own. Yeah, he was he's very good. He's playing it very well. He's playing emotion without playing emotion while denying that he is showing emotion and doing it in a, in this very believable way. And especially the, as the way he strongly gives advice in the briefing room scene. Mm -hmm is um, you just you really see Spock coming to the fore there. Yeah, yeah. I, he was very, very good. I think everybody gave a really good performance. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the poor guy who had to play Styles, which was a stupid character. <laughs> you know, why are you in Starfleet? You know, it, you, you just wonder how these people get these jobs. Well, it's like the guy in um, the Baylock episode who's got the prejudice against oh, right, aliens. Right, right, right. Like, what? Didn't you pass the psych test? <laughs> <laughs> They're letting everybody into Starfleet these days. Styles, Marlon MacGyver. Oh, what a bunch of losers! Oh, the other thing we just thought was extremely silly is uh, the wedding music. <laughs> Very silly. I really hope that in three hundred years they will have stopped playing that stupid song at weddings. Yeah, you would think so. I, I also, this is just a very minor point, but I, w I was interested to note that they still call it the ship's chapel. Um, even in Star Trek time, you would think that it would be some sort of non-denominational thing by then, but, you know. I mean, most of the people, a lot of the people who worked on the show were Jewish. They right. wouldn't call it a chapel. Why wasn't it the but, ship's okay. synagogue? <laughs> um, you got to think, okay, this show was on in 67, 68. Yeah. If they'd called it anything other than a chapel, would the audience That's have known true. where they That's were? That's true. No, you're right. You're right. I know. They all. It was interesting too that they were all called Earth Outposts. Yeah, they hadn't quite thought settled of the Federation. On that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we're in the Federation. I remember that. I yeah, remember there, the there's an early episode where he calls it a United Earth ship. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that we, of course, you know, the one other giant flaw in this episode is the fact that to fire the phasers, you have to like call down through the speaking tube to the people in the phaser and room, again, and then they have to press like say, seven buttons, and it's like, what is this? Yeah, and that's why the Enterprise is playing a submarine. In yeah, this one. yeah, and it's definitely a submarine story. And we were watching uh, the videotape of the um, when they showed it on. Uh, sci-fi sci and so they'd have the little intro by Shatner and he was saying it, it is a submarine story mm -hmm. and, it, and it, it is and you could also see which I hadn't noticed before because I hadn't seen it in so many years a lot of similarities to the battle in Wrath of Khan yeah definitely which is, is definitely a submarine thing mm -hmm. 
Yep, yep, it definitely is. The, the direction on this, I forgot to check who directed it, but it was also really good, the mm-hmm. fact that they did a nice job of cutting back and forth between the two ships, but not to uh, distraction. Yes. So you weren't constantly feeling like a ping-pong ball going back and forth between the two of them. And like I say, I think the decision to shoot so much of it in, in very tight close-up was really good. Yeah. That really worked. And Kirklight. Kirklight Kirk- is always, always good. Always, always Kirklight. It was good. I'm trying to think about some other things. It, it's nice when they do these shipboard stories because you just get to see more of the people and mm-hmm. what they're doing. And um, it, it's kind of weird when uh, they're making those big announcements at the beginning. Kirk's talking to the entire ship and the echo is sort of <laughs> booming. And everybody stops in their tracks to listen. Like they can't walk and listen at the same time. Oh, the captain's talking. Well, I like to in the early episodes whenever they show a lot of people in the halls. They're all wearing such weird they clothes. Are. I mean, there was a guy in a spacesuit carrying a helmet. <laughs> like he just came in from outside. Maybe he was cleaning the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And no, there, you're, you're there right, is right. one early episode where they show them in... Uh, the tennis clothes, right? Yeah, yeah they, they look little... like they're refugees from a beach blanket they movie. They do. I think that was in the first episode. <laughs> Might in, have been. Uh, Where No Man. But, uh, yeah, this this was really good. Oh, what a good Uhura episode. So I'm glad we watched that. Yes. Even though, you know, like I say, disappointed on the EVEs yeah. and the butt shots yeah. and basket. But still, beautiful, beautiful Kirk. Like, looks- and um, we were again commenting, these are the supposedly remastered ones for the <sighs> Sci-Fi Channel. And they, it looked pretty poor. But I bet... On DVD, I bet this is a gorgeous episode. I'm sure. It would be worth it to get it just to do some screen caps of him in the Kirklight. Well, and we are going to post some screen caps I have of Kirklight. Right. And some of them may even be from this episode. Okay. Well, that would be good. Um, otherwise, we'll have to try and rent it or something. Get it from Netflix. Yes. Just to do the screen caps. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, can never have Like my Kirklight. Netflix list isn't long enough. <laughs> I could go to Blockbuster and see if they have oh, it. Oh, our Blockbuster has nothing good like uh. this. Um, we wanted to talk about, uh, oh, so this is just stupid Trek trivia, but we both remembered that, um, the woman who plays Martine in this episode is also in what was shown in the coming attractions, which was for the shore leave episode, playing a character who is sort of Martine, maybe. (laughs) Right. And so we looked it up in our various research materials. Yeah, all over that. And discovered that um, this actress was hired to, to be in shore leave as a different character, and then somebody, probably her, said, gee, I think I've been here before. And they said, oh, okay, so so your name is now Martine, but they didn't bother to change <laughs> the script, so Kirk calls her Teller. So that would seem to indicate that she either changed her name, or she married somebody else really fast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Rebound. Rebound, I bet it didn't last. I'm glad it wasn't Styles, though. That would have been icky. Oh, yeah. And then she was also in Turnabout Intruder, the last episode, supposedly as the same character, although I have zero memory of her in that ep. I don't remember her there either. I don't know. We probably have to watch Turnabout Intruder one day, because it's such a way out there episode. (laughs) It is. What a note to go out on. (laughs) Loopy, loopy. I think the next episode we're going to watch is probably going to be Charlie X. Probably. And the reason that I want it to be Charlie X is because um, of that screen cap you sent me of Kirk (laughs) rolling around on the floor in his red tights showing his butt to the camera. Yeah. I just want to put that picture up. Okay. So we have to watch the show. Yeah, yeah, because there's no way it would break the law (laughs) if you were to put that picture up on a site called Look at His Butt if you had not just watched the show. Can you believe those tights? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> oh well. Oh, speaking of Uhura. Oh, I thought you were going to say speaking of tights. No, yeah. but speaking of Uhura, yeah. because if we dwell on the tights, tights too long, I won't be able to talk, as you can hear. <clears throat> um, in a recent show, we were speculating about her underwear. Oh yeah. And get ready for disappointment here, folks. <laughs> we found a screen cap where you can see a little bit of Uhura's underwear. White. Yeah, very disappointing. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe it was like, um, it wasn't Paramount. It was Desilu then, right? Maybe right. Maybe it was Desilu issue underwear. Like, you, this is what you had to wear under your costume. I don't, I don't know. know. Are actors allowed to wear their own underwear? They usually do. Really? Yeah. Even when you have costumes like Ahura's, which is incredibly tight? <laughs> Well, then if you were wearing the wrong underwear, they might recommend that you wear something different. Yeah. Or, you know, a la Gary Lockwood, not, not wear, wear underwear at all. Yeah. 
Oh, well. Yeah, but that's a good screen cap also because um, her butt looks amazing. Oh, my gosh. Well, she's got a great butt. I know. She's she a is. beautiful woman. She is. I, I was noticing in this episode, Balance of Terror, that um, besides the fact that she gets to be in charge and do navigation, there's a couple <laughs> scenes where she's at her station and she's standing but got one knee on her chair, which seems a very natural posture. Like, that's the kind of thing you would do mm-hmm. if that was your chair and you were at your station. So it was nice to see her, like, not just sitting there, but kind of she, standing and doing She stuff. is, I have found, she is never stilted as an actress. Yeah. And it, I always think of her as Uhura and, and not as Nichelle. I mean, when I'm watching the show, it never breaks for me. She never steps out of that because she just she's just there doing her job. She's she wonderful. Is. So uh, we're going to have to schedule that Mirror Mirror episode because uh, it, it's going to be a whole one, a whole episode just about Mirror Mirror. Yeah. Because there's so much And to it'll be about. like an 11-part 11 <laughs> episode 11 because it's Mirror Mirror. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. Um, let's take another break, and then we'll come back and talk about some other stuff. Okay. In our exciting Trek lives, there are a couple of things coming up. Um, as Lena mentioned in show 11.5, <laughs> we are going to kind of, sort of, be at Bascon. We will be partying our brains out and doing podcasts and hanging out with our friends and, and laughing a lot. Our hotel room is going to be like um, Podcast Central, pretty That's much. right. So if you're going to Bascon and you want to be on the show, come by our room. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you which room it is. but We don't know which room it is. Yeah, we'll... If you come to Bascon, you'll know. <laughs> if you if you want to see us at Bascon, if you would like to talk to us, whether or not you want to be on the show, um, send, send us, us email, email at lookathisbutt at uh, gmail.com, and we will tell you where we're going to be and how to get in touch with us because we're going to be partying, partying, partying. And then a year later, <laughs> when we've recovered. And a year went by. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, back at the ranch, um, we are going to be at... The Creation Con in Sacramento, which is the con celebrating the 40th anniversary of Trek. Mm-hmm. William Shatner and Leonard Nimar are both going to be there. And we were at a Creation Con in Sacramento several years ago with both oh. Bill and Leonard. Wonderful, wonderful memories of the, the great and glorious time we had there. That's where we met and uh, Gary Lockwood. Oh, and, Gary Lockwood. Oh, <laughs> And I forget the woman's name, the Romulan commander we talked to for quite a while. Um, Joanna. Uh, Thank you, Joanna. Oh, of course, I'm blanking on her name right now because I'm a moron. I'm such a bad Trekkie. You are. You're a bad Trekkie. Slap your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going we're gonna to be at that as well, and hopefully by then we will, we will have achieved world domination, and William Shatner will be happy to say, look at my butt. It's true. Creation. So this, this is... Um, a good time to explain the difference between types of cons. If you've never been to a Star Trek con, there are two types of cons. There are the big cons like Creation Con. And what happens at a con like that is there's a giant dealer's room where you can buy crap. It's a Star Trek mall. It is a Star Trek mall. There's so much stuff there. And then uh, there's the speaker rooms where you go to see people talk. And there are sometimes um, set pieces that people do, like they'll do... um, um, the little comedy routine that Shatner and Nimoy have, and then they'll do questions, or they'll just do a Q and A, like when we saw um, 
the the women of Trek, right? right? When they were just up on the stage and they were mostly just answering questions and they didn't have a lot of prepared material. Um, I understand that Will Wheaton does great stuff at Star Trek cons. I saw him at one where he was just doing autographs. He wasn't a speaker. He mm-hmm. just had a table set up. He was like a secondary person. Yeah, yeah. I think he's written about that. But yeah. he has a little set piece that he does, like a stand-up comedy thing that's supposed to be just hilariously funny. I so I'd hope he'd be there. I'd love to that see would be, him. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think it'll be a major one. I think there's going to be a lot of people there. The the cool thing about the dealer's room, besides that you can buy pretty much anything Trek that you want to, is that an awful lot of actors are there who were um, not even secondary, but tertiary, more <laughs> or less, on, on any Trek episodes. And it could be, you know... Um, Deep Space Nine or Voyager or, or TNG or whatever, and they're they're there because they like to meet the fans. And you, if you go to their booths, like Gary Lockwood, for example, you can sit down and talk with these folks for an hour at a time if, if you can stand it. <laughs> well, and I that's how I met uh, William Wyndham yeah. and Barbara Luna. Both mm-hmm. I got a chance to talk to more than just to say. I loved you in Star Trek, but, you know, to actually have a little bit of a, a yeah. conversation. So it's a great opportunity for that. And the other type of con, then, is the fan-run con. The fan-run con. con, right. So so big cons like Creation Con are run by professional organizations where you pay a pretty big upfront fee just to get in. And then there are generally fees for autographs and there are fees for photographs and a lot of other stuff that happens. Um, sometimes there are panels, but often not. It's more presentation-type material. There's not a lot of fan participation. Right. And the fan-run cons are pretty much the opposite of that. Well, there's almost never actors right. at the fan-run cons. <laughs> Certainly not at the slash cons. <laughs> <laughs> but there are a lot of, of... There is, of course, a dealer's room much smaller, at least at the ones I've been to. But there are a lot of panels, as you were saying, on specific topics, and they're usually small. It's a it's a group of people just getting together mm-hmm. to chat about you know, why they collect action figures, or you know, is uh, the internet destroying fandom? I mm-hmm. remember those from way back when. And uh, there are there are a lot of parties, and it's basically a chance for a group of people who know each other, sort of peripherally, to get together face to face, and 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 that's actually how that's you and how I we met. I know. Met. I mean, we had talked on the email and the internet but um that's how we actually end up meeting yeah but the other thing about the creation con in sacramento is one of the things i'm looking forward to is it used to be in the olden days boys and girls that a lot of these cons were star trek only and now there are very very few of those they are Mm -hmm. usually sci-fi conventions but usually once a year Creation does a, a big one that is Star Trek only, and this is going to be a very big one because it's the 40th anniversary one. Mm-hmm. There's going to be special events, special parties, and it is, I think, I mean, I'm sure in the dealer's room you can pick up some other things, but it is going to be solely focused on Star Trek, yeah. and I'm very excited about that. Yeah, it'll be great. I think we're going to have a great old time. So when it gets closer to that, um, we'll see, again, if anybody's going to Creation Con, we can try to set something up. Um, obviously, we're not going to have a booth or anything. <laughs> maybe maybe by then we'll have minions who will be manning oh, our booth minions. and and um great. selling our magnets i would like and, that that's good but we'll probably have t-shirts by then yeah or some other identification to show that we are who we are that's right yeah and hopefully we won't get thrown out um we, we didn't <laughs> well we have never gotten thrown out yet but that is one of our goals it was it was a distinct possibility last time because we were being fairly disruptive when during Walter Koenig. Oh, <laughs> we were in the back. Walter Koenig didn't know we were standing there yelling, yeah, we love you, Davy." Yeah, but everybody <laughs> else who was standing around us wanted us to get thrown out. <laughs> they did. Oh, well. They were looking daggers at us. Oh, well. And we were, we were totally being disrespectful to the Klingon security guards. I think they wanted yeah. to throw us out. <laughs> yeah, but they were too whippy. That was the whole trouble. And then I broke William Shatner's website. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was going to get us through. Memorable. Out. Good times. Good, good times. times. <laughs> good times all around. Okay. Um, moving right along, the next thing uh, we wanted to mention was that, um, as you know from listening to the show, we're members of something that's called the Science Fiction Podcast Network, and it's a, it's kind of a consortium, I would say, of different shows that are oriented to science and science fiction, and we were very happy to, to join them, and it's a cool place, and the people who run it are really nice, and they help spread the word, um, and... They, when they first got set up a couple months ago, there were forums where you could go and post messages, and we got some really nice comments from people who had been listening and actually had a little dialogue going. And you know what? Their forums blew up. <laughs> well, just they, like that. Just, it, just like no, they said that um, the forums had quickly become very overused. Popular. Yeah, very popular, and so they're moving for the longest time to uh, larger and newer. 
quarters. So they're there, sort of. Um, as of this date, which is um, way before you're going to hear the show, <laughs> so it's probably not relevant, the servers were down again. We were waiting for it to come back up. The relevant thing is that uh, when they moved from the old forums to the new forums, all of the posts were gone. So if you're one of those people who posted at the old forums, please come back and post something at the That's new right. forums. That's right. Because we really love to hear from you, and we're really sorry that we didn't save any of the old posts at the, for- the forums. But we, di- we didn't know. It was a bummer. We didn't know. And while we're on... Um the subject of administrative stuff that we skipped earlier, but I, I wanted to bring it up, yes. <clears throat> is we have gotten uh, comments from a couple of people saying the sound level on the show was too low. And so we have been working to make improvements to that and kind of trying some different methods of how we process the show after we record it. And, you know, from from what I hear in the various places that I listen to our recordings, it sounds to me like we have gotten better, but we would like to know. Yeah, feedback, please. How does this show sound to you? Can you hear us? Can you hear me now? Can, Can you hear me, me now? now? Psst, psst. Can you hear me now? Don't let the Romulans <laughs> hear it. We're working on it. Oh, show. Um, I also wanted to say thanks to everybody who's been sending us email because we've gotten great emails. We, we have. Fans. We do. They're you guys so are cool. great. We love hearing from you. We love yeah. chatting with you. Oh, and for the people who wrote in asking us to stop saying fuck so much, <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> No, 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 I don't mean that. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> well, we thought about it. We did? For about a second. Yeah. And said, no. That's how we talk. You know, it's not work safe. It's marked that way in iTunes. It says explicit right on it, and we're not going to self-censor. Sorry. And we're talking about sex toys, for God's sake. <laughs> Jeez, lighten up. Okay. Okay, so that was more administrative <laughs> stuff. <laughs> On the proper use of the word fuck in the podcast. <laughs> okay. So, this is something we've wanted to talk about for a while, and, and now we're finally getting around to it on our giant list of things that we wanted to talk about. How did you find this link, anyway? Do I know? I know. It was a month ago. Was it a Trek? It it, probably. At uh, Trek BBS, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> or something? Something. Okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to get me on a witness stand? <laughs> Okay, sure. <laughs> <You> say so. <laughs> so anyway, what a great introduction to this segment. There's a guy. His name is Kurt McElroney, and he is a professional um, film processor guy. I mean, he works in film for a living. That's what he does, and he's very skilled with um, retouching and things like that. And he has started a project all on his own which I find amazing because he's undertaken a tremendous amount of work um, to restore TOS film trims. They're actually called trims and not clips, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a moment. And he wants to restore them. So here's the, the history of it. Um, I'll read a little bit about what he says, and then I'll add my own personal comment. Uh, years ago, after Star Trek went into syndication, a company sold the film clips that the editors had trimmed from the work prints of the episodes, right? So work prints are what they make up as they're assembling an episode before it goes into final cut. It's the beginnings and ends of scenes, like when they're doing the clapboard, or when, you know, the assistant director walks in front of the camera and everything's getting set up. Um, so, these trims were packaged in categories such as aliens, planets, ship shots, and the like. Also included were clips of crew members in the background and special effects shots. Kurt says, my interest is in the production, special effects, and behind-the-scenes clips. From a historical perspective, these clips are an excellent source in showing how TOS was produced. So, how this came to to be populated throughout um, Star Trek fandom was that Lincoln Enterprises sold these film clips. So, back in the day, now, so I ordered them. This is back probably in the mid-70s. It was before the movie came out. And Lincoln Enterprises sent you, like, the crappy Xeroxed catalog that you could get. Actually, now that I'm remembering, it was printed on the, the worst quality newsprint. So basically it <laughs> dissolved in your hands. Oh, you were looking wonderful. At it. But it was the only place to get track stuff. I mean, you couldn't go to the store and buy it. Mm-hmm. There was no Blockbuster. And, you know, at the time, I, I was too young to go to cons. Um, so there was no place to get track stuff. So you ordered it direct from Lincoln Enterprises, which was the merchandising branch of Star Trek that um, Gene Roddenberry gave to Majel. Um, because he couldn't marry her right away. <laughs> Pretty much. No, did you know that that's actually what he did? I think I'd heard that, yeah. Yeah, he gave it to her so that when he got divorced from his wife, his wife couldn't claim it for, because uh, in California it's 50-50, mm-hmm. and so she didn't get half of it because Majel had it. 
Isn't that yeah. sweet? Yeah, it's really what a guy. Very nice. What a guy. Anyway, uh, so Lincoln Enterprises would sell you these film clips, and the fact that I, as a, a you know, just out of my childhood, was able to purchase them showed how cheap they were at the time. <laughs> and so, in these little cellophane packets, you got actual clips of thirty-five millimeter film that were taken from the show, and you could mount them, which is what I did, in little slide things, and then project them on the wall. And we used to do that. I know you're looking at me like I'm nuts. We were no, geeks. I'm not. My family was geeks. What can I'm I not. You? you were so so far beyond us because we were still doing shadow puppets. <laughs> this is a great thing for parties. My brothers and I did it all the time, so it was very cool to do that. And then I put them away in a box and I stored them in a cool dark place and I forgot about them, <laughs> which is the best but, thing right? to do for anything of great right. value. So. um Taking them out now in the year 2005, I see that what has happened is what often happens to 35 millimeter film, which is that the color degrades significantly over time. So these were so these were clips from the from the work prints, which were created in 67 and 68. It's now 2005. That's how old this film is, and I wasn't preserving it, and neither was anybody else for right. that matter. It was just sitting in a box somewhere, and most of the clips have what is called the dreaded magenta cast because that's what happens to the color over time. But they're still nice film clips, so what Kurt is doing is restoring them and taking out the magenta cast and putting back the original color, taking out any scratches or dust or defects that might have been in there to show basically the behind-the-scenes stuff. So I looked at my clips the other day, and I probably have, I don't know, 50 individual pieces of film from all different episodes showing all different things. I think... Five or six of them are what Kurt is looking for, which is an actual behind-the-scenes thing where you get to see the lighting rig up at the top mm-hmm. or somebody's holding the clapboard out in front or, you know, stuff is happening that's not meant to be part of the episode. And then the other clips are um, just either the beginnings or the ends of scenes. And you can look at it and tell which episode it is, which is really kind of cool. And there's some really good Kirk ones in there that I have to <sighs> fix. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get Kurt to tell me how to do the basic restoration, but we're actually sending him um, the ones that he's looking for. So um, the reason that we're talking about it is because it's a really cool thing associated with Trek. Kurt's a, a really cool guy, and if you would like to be part of this, if you have film clips or you know someone who does, go and find out about it. I'll put the link up on the blog, but it's StarTrekHistory.com slash restoration. And he's got a whole history of the project, um, and he's also got some side-by-side comparisons to show you what the restoration process does. It's really amazing when you look at them. Um, what a great, great job he's done. He does. Back the they're, color. they're beautiful. They're very sharp, and, and the colors are vibrant, but not... Uh, they don't look photoshopped no. weird. You know, they look the way they, they would look in a good print. Yeah, it's really great. Um, and he's got some really nice examples of... Uh, some shots of the Enterprise, for example, uh, actors standing there waiting to do it. Um, you know, the models with the blue screen background before anything had been put into it. The very, very, very interesting thing is that sometimes the film clips are of deleted scenes. Yes. From the episodes. And he gives two really interesting examples. So the first one is from Elan of Troyes, which we've talked about a little bit before. Well, on the the last show, or one of the previous shows, we did a, a news thing about it in the news from around <laughs> right, his that's, butt. That's right. So, um, do you, why don't you talk about it again, since... Oh, okay. This is a scene that was, <clears throat> excuse me, not in Elan of Troyes, but it takes place in the Arboretum aboard the Enterprise, which we did see once or twice. But uh, Spock is playing the Vulcan Lyre, and, <laughs> and the, Uhura and Kirk and McCoy come in, and Uhura says she'd like to learn to play it, and, and Spock, pretty snipey, I think, says uh, nobody up in a Vulcan ever has learned because we have natural rhythm. <laughs> and the script says Uhura looks impressed. impressed. Yeah, she actually, you know, in this clip, she doesn't really look impressed. No, at she all. looks like uh huh, <laughs> yeah. right, baby. You know, I'm buying that. I can see why they cut that scene. Yeah, that's pretty offensive, even for 1960. That's, uh, that's pretty bad. So, and then interestingly, of course. She did learn to play the Vulcan Lyre because we mm-hmm. saw her playing it in a subsequent episode. So whatever Spock is saying here about no non-Vulcan has ever mastered the skill, what a bunch of crap! I know. Well, those it's Vulcans. it's one of those things they tell outworlders. Yeah, it's right. Just a right. crock of shit, just like the pond far and everything else. <sighs> I, I just lapsed into Minnesota, <laughs> just like the pond far and everything else. You bet. <laughs> Ponfar is one of those words that triggers it for me. The, it's the Ponfar. The Ponfar. 
Okay, and then the other one, this is even weirder. Oh, this one's so bizarre because the kid looks like Howdy Doody. Okay, so go to Kurt's website just to look at this picture. If you do nothing else, go look at this picture. (laughs) Scroll down to the bottom. It's a clip from Operation Annihilate, which um, you probably remember. If you're it's, oh, I love that It's episode. the one with the, uh, the flying vomit. <laughs> <laughs> or pancakes, or, or, you know, we've heard it described as <laughs> different things. But it's the one vomit. where Kirk's brother dies, and, and the, the, um, they capture the aliens and put them in a salad spinner. And, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's better. <laughs> okay, so... So apparently, at the end, it looks like it's from the end, right? Yes, yeah, that so, looks like the so end. So after his little nephew Peter uh, gets cured, he's so this clip shows this kid sitting on the bridge in Kirk's chair, no less. He's sitting in the chair. How could they let him sit in the chair? I don't know. And he's wearing an itty bitty little Starfleet uniform. Yeah, it's like they have kids' uniforms on board. And it's and it's a wait, wait, wait. I know what they are. Okay. What? Last year for Christmas, his Uncle Jim sent him Starfleet jammies. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> you know what? I, it is actually, it's the shirt that Kirk was wearing in Balance of Terror. <laughs> <laughs> it shrank. It shrank down to seven-year-old size. So here's what the script says. Here's the missing dialogue. And here's the stage. You be Kirk, I'll be Peter. Okay, I'm going to read the stage direction. The boy, Peter, is now bright and well, dressed in a small version of the Enterprise uniform. He is smiling up at Kirk as the captain lays a hand on his shoulder. Okay. You're Kirk. His nephew. You sure you don't want to go back to Earth to live with your grandmother? I'm sure, sir. Dad <laughs> thought Deneva here is the best place in the whole galaxy. Well, your father's partner said that he and his wife always wanted a boy. That's a really weird line of dialogue. What the hell does that yeah. mean? Your father's They're partner. not like mom and dad, but... No one ever is, Petey. Pat's on shoulder. Uh, run along. They're waiting for you in the transporter room. The boy formally shakes hands with Kirk, exits to the elevator. Oh, do you want to be Scott? Yeah, like I can almost do okay. that. Okay, so then Scott says, He might want to go to the academy later on, sir. Looks like a bright lad. I hope he decides not to. And then he turns to Scott. If there was no other choice, Scotty, I would have had to give the order to destroy this planet. I don't want him to ever have to make that choice. Yes, sir. Wow. Wow. Good good decision to cut that scene. It Woo! sucks. It's pretty sucky. It's bad, and the kid is really weird looking. He he looks like a marionette because his head is too big for his body. Ugh, it's just very scary. So um, there's also a forum that goes along with this where other people have posted some rare pictures and Kurt has put up a bunch of stuff. So if you want to look at some really cool clips and things, go for it. I'm, oh, I'm that's a clicking. neat one that you yeah, just pulled up. Yeah, I'm just looking through it right now. Here's a picture of... Um, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy standing outside the studio on a very sunny day. And they look pretty damn cool right there, I have to say. Yeah, they do look really cool, and they've got a fire extinguisher. I think that's just hanging there. Yeah, I know, but it's in the (laughs) shot. And they went, hey, let's use it for Nomad! let's do it. Oh, they look great. Really cool. Um, Oh, this is from the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, they look really cool. You know what that is? I know what day that is. What? That's the day they had the barbecue in the parking lot. I've got pictures ah, of that where they're all sitting around eating hamburgers. There you go. There you go. There's some interesting bloopers. Um, what's What often shows up here in the rare pictures, too, are alternate shots from the same photo session. Mm-hmm. So if you have a lot of Trek crap or you see it online, there's always the, the posed photos that you've seen, like, a bajillion times, but you can often see the alternate shots of them that don't mm-hmm. often show up that either came from the photographer or um, they were outtakes from a session. So, look at Ahura. God yeah, oh, she's so gorgeous. She looks great. So, we encourage everybody to uh, participate in this if you can and support it. Now, Kurt's not taking any money for any of this stuff. Um, in fact, he says that if you have to mail him your clips, that is, physically put them in an envelope and send them, he doesn't, he only. Um, wants you to send uh, like the postage or something for him to return it. So I'm amazed that he's able to do this in his spare time and kind of keep it going as a project. Good, good for it's him. Like, good for him. You know, I'm, I'm wondering now about um, what is that that film that Jonk has from a muck time? Is that something that could be restored? Oh boy, it would take a long time. To yeah, because she's yeah. got like it's a reel to reel. 
I mean, yeah. literally reels of film. I have no idea where she got that from. She told me once I forgot. Oh. I don't know. It would it would be nice to restore more things, you know. I, I would love to get restored the version of uh, the More No Man in the beginning because it's oh. such a crappy print of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be nice. And, and it would be nice to have cleaner versions of some of the blooper reels, too. Well, you know, it would be really nice would be to have the blooper reels actually showed the actors. Yeah. As opposed to the ones that we've all seen, because we've heard about what's in those other blooper reels, which sounds much funnier, much more entertaining. Mm-hmm. But uh, So if anybody out there knows where we can get those actual blooper reels... More homework! More homework! Attention, class! Yeah. And this time I want your parents to sign it. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you tell us, you know we're going to talk about it on the show. I suppose that should be kind of a rule. Like, if you send us email, if you don't want us to ever say anything about it on the show, you better put it in there. Because pretty much whatever comes to us, either in the comment section or um, via actual email, is sort of fair game. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Yeah. But you know, we we appreciate your email a lot, so we're not snarky about the no, things no, you no, say. No, no, not at all. But if you send us something interesting, we'd love to share it with the rest of the class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we're done. Yeah, because the the offstage person just went. They, you know what? They're giving us the time hook. Oh, no. Right about now. Right well, we don't want the time bums rush. Okay. So that's it for now. Yay. We'll see you next time. Bye.